Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at the city of Jonesville, Michigan, over in Hillsdale County, which was settled originally in 1828. And it has some interesting history, and it also has some fascinating historic sites. So come along and join me as we venture on down into Hillsdale County, into the community of Jonesville. The area of Jonesville was first settled by two brothers, Benaniah and Edmund Jones, who came over to Michigan from Painesville, Ohio in 1828 and purchased land the next year. They surveyed and platted the community in 1831. Now, it is served in the past as the first county seat of Hillsdale County, which was formerly organized as a county in 1835. The Jonesville Post Office was first opened in January of 1841, and the community incorporated as a village in 1855. Now, Jonesville once contained a railway station, and that railroad was the Lakeshore and Michigan Southern Railway. So a lot of these small community towns prospered and existed because of the railroad. In a lot of these small rural areas where you'll find a town that has all these old buildings and downtown center, they were a railroad stop at one time. And as the railroad was expanding all over Michigan, there were a lot more stops added and towns that were connected. And some towns were built specifically because a railroad was coming into town. And I've covered some of those stories on this podcast. But Jonesville existed before then and connected to the railroad. Now, Jonesville is located just north of Hillsdale in Hillsdale County. And it's about 20 miles north of the point of where the Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana borders meet. Now, in 1828, it was more of a trading route, and it was known to the Native Americans as the Sauk Trail, which met the St. Joseph River at that location. So the Sauk Trail was one of the main Indian trails that went through that lower part of southwest Michigan, and it eventually became U.S. 12. And so the Sauk Trail today in Jonesville would go right through downtown if it still existed, but it's part of U.S. 12. Now, an interesting note that Jonesville just recently became a home rule city. So it's now the city of Jonesville. And that was official on August 14th, 2014. Now, a tremendous amount has changed in Jonesville since it was originally found and established 200 years ago by Benaniah Jones, who settled his family at the St. Joseph River. The streets of Jonesville today are lined with historic homes, including Victorian mansions and a lot of historic buildings and shops downtown. There is a Victorian mansion that is now a historic landmark in town that was owned by Ebenezer Grosvenor, who was a lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan. Grosvenor was a member of the State Building Commission that oversaw the construction of the Capitol Building in Lansing. 
The beautiful home that he once lived in has been meticulously maintained and is now a museum highlighting not only the significance of the lieutenant governor, but also of the city of Jonesville as a whole. And there is a historic marker out in front of the Victorian mansion as well. And it is one of three in the village or now city of Jonesville. Now, when you visit this historic mansion and take a tour of the Victorian home, you will learn about a lot of the history of Jonesville, but also you'll learn also that Jonesville is the home of the first free school in Michigan, as it was the first school district with a defined curriculum. So that's a historic note about Jonesville in the education system. Now, there are three National Register of Historic Places listings in Jonesville. And one of them is, of course, the E.O. Grosvenor House. And it's a, a beautiful place. Now it's a place that you can tour and visit, as I mentioned. There's also a historic place for the J.J. Deal and Son Carriage Factory. Now, this was the largest factory built in Jonesville, and it is the only 19th century factory remaining in the city. It's located at 117 West Street, and it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in August of 2012. It was redeveloped into the Heritage Lane Apartments in 2015. So who was J.J. Deal? Well, Jacob J. Deal was a blacksmith who moved to Jonesville, Michigan in 1857. Now, once he relocated to Jonesville, Deal began to manufacture a small number of lumber wagons and other heavy wagons. And then he soon sold his blacksmith shop in 1865 and he erected two small buildings across the street where he began the full-time manufacture of wagons and carriages. As the business grew, he repeatedly enlarged his factory. And then in 1890, he began construction of a new factory building, forming the core of the structure which still stands today. Now, a number of additions were made to the building from 1893 to 1909, and the factory eventually employed over 100 men. In 1891, Deal's son George became a partner and began managing the company, which was renamed J.J. Deal & Son. So in 1908, the company began manufacturing automobiles, which they called auto buggies, and the company was reorganized under the name Deal Buggy Company. By 1910, the number of workers had increased to 140. Several models of the Deal automobile were manufactured between 1908 to 1911, with costs ranging from $950 to $1,250. The company eventually went out of business in 1915. But the Deal buggy, or motor buggy as they called it, was more of an open convertible type car as many of the early models were and it was a two-seater and it was one of the uh, early automobiles manufactured in some of the small automobile manufacturing companies in Michigan. Some later history of this building in 1922 the Universal Body Company took over the entire complex where it manufactured motor bus bodies and then in 1927 the Kitty Brush and Toy Company took over the factory the company made children's housekeeping toys, which were sold 
under the Susie Goose name. And then in 1949, it started manufacturing plastic injection molded toys. And then in the 1960s, made Ken and Barbie furniture and accessories for Mattel. And then in 1967, the company moved its headquarters to Eden, Ohio. Then in 1972, the J.R. Headings Company moved into the space, but only for a short time, until about 1976, and then it moved out. Over the next 40 years, the building stood underutilized or vacant until 2014, when the Michigan State Housing Development Authority approved a tax credit application by XL Sterling to provide Section 42 tax credits for the redevelopment of the building. And then the construction began in 2015 to redevelop the property into the Heritage Lane Apartments, which is what it is today. And it provided residential living for 44 families over four floors. And it's just a kind of an interesting history because it was the original J.J. Deal buggy company built in the late 1890s. And in the building's lobby, there is a an original J.J. Deal buggy. So that might be something interesting to see if you pay a visit to that apartment building. Now, one of the other National Register of Historic Places in the community is Grace Episcopal Church. It's a historic church at 360 East Chicago Street in Jonesville. And it was designated a Michigan State Historic Site in 1971. It's one of the first church buildings constructed in Michigan, west of Detroit, and it's one of the few surviving examples of indigenous church architecture in the state. In 1833, the Episcopal missionary William N. Leister left Ireland for the United States and eventually became the rester of the mission in Tecumseh, Michigan. From there, he traveled through southwest Michigan to minister to isolated communities, and in 1836, he held the first church service in Jonesville. And two years later, a parish was organized by a man named Darius Barker. And then in 1844, the congregation began constructing its church, which was completed in November of 1848 at the cost of just $3,000. In 1946, an old schoolhouse was moved to the site of the church to serve as a parish hall. The church was the church was sold in 2007 and then served as a coffee house. In 2021, the church was purchased by investors. The fellowship area has been renovated into a rentable Airbnb site that can sleep up to six people. And the sanctuary is being refurbished and can be used for events such as weddings. The Grace Episcopal Church is a one and a half story rectangular Greek revival structured frame building, which is covered with clapboard. The building has a single story projecting entry vestibule atop, which is a square tower which intersects with the main structure. It's kind of an interesting old-style church building that you don't see around Michigan, uh, and because it was one of the early structures. And so it's not as elaborate as you might expect it to be, but it has its own unique character, and it's kind of a rare mix of Greek revival and Gothic style. So it's kind of interesting to see and worth paying a visit if you're in the Jonesville area. 
Now let's return to the Ebenezer Grosvenor House, and it's also known as the Gamble House, and it's located at 211 Maumee Street in Jonesville. And it was built as a private residence by the lieutenant governor, and it was designated as a Michigan historic site in 1977. Now, Grosvenor was a politician who served in the Michigan Senate initially, and then he served as one term as the lieutenant governor of Michigan and two terms as the state treasurer of Michigan. He had arrived in Jonesville in 1840 and established a store and a bank in town. His home was constructed in 1874 with plans drawn up by Elijah E. Myers. Ebenezer Grosvenor lived in the house until his death in 1910, and after his death, four generations of his family lived in the house, after which it was turned into a rooming house. In 1960, the house was purchased by the Gamble family, and in 1977, it was sold to the Jonesville Heritage Association. It now operates as the Grosvenor House Museum. And so that's one of the really interesting and unique museums to go visit in Jonesville, Michigan. Now, there's two very long-established companies in Jonesville today that have a little bit of history themselves. Um, Pretty much every day when they open their doors, there's the Powers Clothing and the Andrew Mack Brush Company. And there's also the Jonesville Lumber Company. These family-owned businesses in downtown Jonesville have been a staple in the community, and they date back as far as the 1890s. So, in fact, the Powers Clothing is the oldest Carthite clothing retailer in the United States. So they are very long-established businesses right there in Jonesville, and they provide a lot of the diverse economy for the 2,300 residents of the community. And certainly they provide employment for many of those residents. There's also a manufacturing presence of Martin Rhea, the largest manufacturer in Hillsdale County. And it was uh, once primarily focused on the automobile industry, but now they manufacture items and and material for a much more diversified base of uh, customers. Now there's a community theater in Jonesville. It's called the Sock Theater, and it's located in downtown Jonesville. And it's been the home of the Hillsdale County Community Theater. And they put on everything from comedy to drama to musicals to children's productions. And the Sock highlights the amazing talents of the Hillsdale County area. And it is um, worthwhile attending a show there. If you're living in the Jonesville area or visiting you might want to take a look at the Sock Theater and see if there's anything coming up in the agenda that you'd be interested in seeing. Um, it's not quite a historic theater, but it probably will be someday. And it is certainly one of the uh, entertainment and arts features of the downtown area of the city of Jonesville. There's also Gallery 49, which is an artist-operated cooperative in downtown Jonesville. And that offers a lot of uh, juried artist exhibitions and shows and that sort of thing. But you might also ask, well, what about recreation and events and uh, things that are happening in that community? Well, the St. Joseph River flows through 
the city of Jonesville and serves as a centerpiece for the annual River Fest celebration, which is the third weekend in May every year. And that's a big event in Jonesville. The river provides a fun and challenging canoe and kayak route for people throughout the summer months when people want to do a little kayaking and canoeing. And the scenic river parallels the Jerry Russell Trail, which is a 1.4-mile paved, non-motorized trail converted from an abandoned rail bed, which is one of those rails-to-trails trails in the state of Michigan. There's a lot of those around, and that's the one that is near Jonesville. So it's a beautiful trail that's enjoyed by people like to walk and cycle. And um, you can't ride any motor vehicles on those trails, but... Uh, they are a great place to get out and maybe walk your dog or, or go for a jog or ride your bike. And that trail connects with a 4,600-mile trail between North Dakota and New York, and that is the North Country Trail. And it serves as the local leg of the North Country Trail. And so if you want to keep hiking, I guess you can keep going on down the North Country Trail, which crosses a lot of areas in southwest Michigan through Battle Creek. It even goes through a cemetery or two, and uh, it's a great hiking trail. I've hiked uh, different portions of it, even featured a few segments of it on my YouTube channel. And there's a North Country Trail Association that uh, you can reach out to to find out more about that trail. But it's the one of the largest, if not the largest and longest trail in the United States. So you might be curious on how big the community of Jonesville is. It is roughly about 2,300 people. According to the 2010 census, there were 2,258 people living in Jonesville, and 894 were households, and there were even 596 families living in the village itself at the time when it was a village. The population density is about 780.3 inhabitants per square mile. And the medium age in the village is about 37.6 years of age. Now, returning to the time when Jonesville was settled, before the white settlers came, the area was inhabited by the Potawatomi Indian, and the old Sauk Trail ran right through what would become the downtown. Now, Benaniah Jones, who founded Jonesville in 1828, uh, built the first hotel in town, and that was built in 1831, and it was called the Fayette House. It was located on the northwest corner of what are presently Chicago and Waters Streets, and in a bedroom of the Fayette House is where the first school classes were held. The school was established by Benaniah Jones with the help of his brother-in-law, James Olds, and in 1842, fire destroyed the Fayette House, and it was rebuilt, but again destroyed by fire in 1875. And then it was replaced by the Grosvenor House. So there's a lot of history to that Grosvenor House site and location. The first sawmill in the community was built in 1831, and it was on the St. Joseph River, two miles south of Jonesville. And then in 1833, the first district school was opened in a log house, and it was called the Bell House, and it was on Maumee Street in Jonesville. And a man by the name of B.L. Baxter, who was only 18 years old, was the first teacher in that school. And his first 
pupil was the son of Chief Ba Bees of the Potawatomi tribe. So that's kind of an interesting connection. And in 1834, uh, there was a lot of significant things that happened. The first general store was opened by John Cook and Chauncey Ferris in uh, 1834. And that was on the north side of Chicago Street. The partnership of Levi Baxter and Cook Sasan opened the first grist mill that same year. And Dr. Brooks Bowman was the first physician to set up a permanent practice there later that same year in 1834. The first Methodist services were held in the community in 1834, also in the schoolhouse. And then in 1835, the first Presbyterian church was organized. The first foundry was established in Jonesville in 1836 by Isaac Taylor and George Monroe, and the old Michigan plow was the principal item manufactured. Foundries were essential to be established following the establishment of sawmills and grist mills because they were able to make the metal equipment and hand tools and plows in a community which allowed farming. You've got to remember a lot of the early establishment of these communities was founded on agriculture and that's what was the backbone of surviving in the pioneer era of Michigan. Now, Benaniah Jones owned the first stage line, which operated between Tecumseh and Coldwater. And the same year, in 1837, the construction of a railroad through the county was halted at Hillsdale because of the financial panic that year. And it was several years before the railroad finally reached Jonesville. And a historian by the name of Jack Williams in 1920 wrote that this was the main reason that Hillsdale became larger than Jonesville, because they had a stop on the railroad for an advantage over a few years before Jonesville got it. The first brick house was built in the community in 1840, and the population of the area was 685 businesses, which included a gristmill, four sawmills, and six merchants by 1838. And there were several small log buildings along Main Street, which were operated as stores. And the brick building that uh, George C. Monroe built was the first brick house in Hillsdale County. And it served as one of the stops of the Underground Railroad during the Civil War. Uh, the tunnel beneath the house was used to help slaves escape. Uh, the American Legion bought this house in 1946 and used it as a clubhouse. And later it was sold to a private family who had an antique business there. And presently, the Monroe House is owned by another family who have restored it. And as many communities in 1849 experienced, there was gold fever that hit when the news of California discovering the gold out there. And 12 men from Jonesville, which were nicknamed the Fayette Rovers, couldn't resist the cry of gold fever. And they started their long journey to California on March 10th, 1849. It took 11 months for them to reach their destination. Only four of the Fayette Rovers returned to Jonesville after the unsuccessful search for gold. The rest remained out in California or perhaps passed away. And... Uh, that is their story. 
The first newspaper that was established in their community was the Jonesville Telegraph. It was established in 1850. And there's a few other interesting notes to look at. The first bank was established in 1853. And the community petitioned to become a village in 1856. And the first fire company in the community was founded around the same time. And they built a brand new firehouse in 1869. And that's just a little bit of a walkthrough of some of the history of Jonesville. It's a fascinating little community that has endured and it has held together relatively well through the years, maintaining its manufacturing and well-established businesses. And it may be a very small community, a very small city. It's one of the newer cities in Michigan because of its most recent charter, but it also has a very long history and it was very important to some of the early settlement of southwest michigan but that's going to conclude today's journey looking at the history of jonesville i'm going to put a link to a booklet that was published on the 150 year anniversary of jonesville it was a booklet that was published by the uh, historical society there and i'll put a link to that if you're interested in looking up and reading more history of jonesville you could download the pdf that they have the link to and if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And if you'd like to take a minute and leave a review or a rating on whatever app that you are using, if you enjoyed today's podcast, that would be greatly appreciated because it always helps me find and reach new listeners that way. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.